If I write about a fucking bunch of money and guns and shit, that does not feel uh, legitimate or true like to my life anymore, you know? Mm. So like what feels true to my life now is writing about other stuff. And so that's like why you're getting a lot more Bitcoin songs now. You're getting like, I don't want to say like anti-government, but you're getting like big freedom vibes. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Okay, so here we are. We're actually recording now, so now now is the time. All right, who's on today? Dan, I'm asking you, who's on today? Uh, We got got Captain Youth, who is a, you know, well, the only thing I know about him is that he's a... He's a rapper. He's a hip hop artist. What uh, what more can you tell us about uh, what you do or what's relevant to what we're talking about today, I guess? Yeah, um, I make music, um, independent artist. Uh, I'm a freedom enthusiast, Bitcoin enthusiast. Um, I really like to play basketball. Uh, That is something also kind of relevant. And um, yeah, man. Yeah. Is uh is making music is that like your day job or is that like a hobby or is it somewhere in between oh definitely it's getting to somewhere in between it's still definitely like more of a hobby i would say um my day job i own a small painting company so just you know i really try to go for a small painting company yeah we paint houses inside and outside of houses and stain decks um do other stuff like that you know general handyman work around the house I've done a lot of that around my house, and I tell you what, the deck part is this is the worst because like you gotta sand, you know, power wash it, oh, sand yeah. it. It's just it's just a lot of redundant work. Painting the inside of a house is like redundant, and it gets kind of boring. How long you've been? It's easy. How, you know? how long have you been in that line of work, by the way? Oh, dude, I got into it like maybe ten years ago. I've been on my own for like eight years, probably. So. How many houses have you done where you just like take the brick and you just paint it white and put all the black around the windows? That seems to be like what I see everywhere. Oh, now. dude, the exteriors. Yeah, we do yeah. that. We've done those farm style looks. People yep. want, yeah, yeah. Pinterest board stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so uh, how, but, long um, have you, how long have you been making music? Uh, I've always like written. I've always loved music, but I like in high school, I probably started writing music in high school and then um, just have like steady, you know, I've written music since then. I didn't really put a lot of music out until probably 2017 was when I started like recording more seriously, releasing more music. SoundCloud? Um, yeah, there's some on SoundCloud, but most most of the music gets released via like Spotify and Apple Music. SoundCloud oh, nice. only lets you put up like so much music, I think, after a while. So sure. Yeah. And you do produce it all too? No. Um I have a couple different people that help me produce music, but um you know, there's a couple dudes in Grand Rapids, and then there's a guy uh, in Guadalajara, Mexico. He's my favorite to work with, Diego. He's the dude who made the beat for the the Bitcoin song. Um, okay. He's like mm-hmm. a s- super genius producer, like can get the the absolute best out of you, um, and it's just really great to work with. So I, whenever I can, I like to work with him. I'll book like week long block sessions at a studio and just go down there and try to record, you know, fifteen songs in a week. You know. Where, where'd you say he was located guadalajara mexico 
Oh, so you go down to Mexico every once in a while and, and just record music? Straight up, yeah. And my wife is, uh, her family's, she's from, my wife is from Mexico and uh, her family lives in Guadalajara. So it's like she visits family oh. and then I'll go just rep out a bunch of 10 hour days at the studio. That's a great way to get your wife to support your like rap career, you know, just like yeah. we're, going down, we're going down to Mexico. Uh, that's where your family's at. See your producer. Uh, yeah. You said Grand Rapids. Are you, do you live in Michigan? Yeah, I live in Michigan. Yep. Where at? Where at? Or like uh, what county? Rapids area. Okay, I grew up uh Jackson Ann Arbor area. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I was just a... there actually. Yeah, that's awesome for holiday stuff. Yeah, I was supposed to go for like four or five days. Uh, flight, bunch of flight cancellation stuff. So I was really only there for like thirty six hours. Oh, but... we got that huge blizzard. Rolling yeah, through. yeah, it sucked. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was just there. I know some people in Grand Rapids, but. Honestly, I can't, it's been so long. Like people I like knew when I was growing up in town, but honestly they were in, uh, they were big into making music. I wish I could remember them a little bit better. They, they might not be your producers, but they might know them. Yeah. Grand Rapids isn't that big. No, it's not. And the, the producers here, like there's one dude, Devin, um, he works with, you know, like most, all the artists, all the rappers at least. And there's only a couple other ones that are, really working with like a lot of people what uh do you like did you do anything with like making your own beats or like at least trying to do some <sighs> stuff like that not really dude it's um, tough i really yeah i really just write lyrics um and do the the recording and the performing um me and diego sit down we've had a few days where like sessions where we just sit down and try to come up with scratch stuff mm-hmm. like completely from scratch but uh, he's really working the keys. I'm just giving input like via, I like that sound or I don't like that sound, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what about your yeah. the, the visual aspect? Okay, so for some of the, like most of the lyric videos and um, like more, I don't want to say they're just the more like homemade tape style like videos that we have, um, my wife makes. And then... Uh, the other ones we just had various people film. Um, the guy who did the Bitcoin uh, video, his name's Kevin. I actually won that music video in like a like a give a music video giveaway on Facebook. Honestly, that's, shout out Kevin for making that happen. Wait, you that's won the music video? Like you? Yeah, like if you posted a song and then it was it was like whoever got the most amount of likes and comments on their shit won uh. the video and. Um, it was like neck and neck until the last minute. And then I won. Yeah. Yo, that sounds exciting as fuck. Yeah, it was nice. It was really nice to get the video made. It's obviously, you know, that's my most viewed video by far. So it was really nice to have it like professionally done. And um, yeah, dude, that, that's wild. Like you can, you can find producers in other countries. You can win music video contests. Like if you're <laughs> scrappy, like you can launch your career on yeah. the cheap, you know? Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's really, like, most of life, I feel like, is about your network of people that you can, like, oh, totally. get to know, and, um, yeah, you don't have to be, like, best friends with everybody, but just if you can maintain, like, some type of relationship with people, uh, that goes, like, a really long way in my experience. Yeah, I've said it before, but, like, the idea about a year ago in April, I guess, was when we launched this podcast, and Mike was, like, pushing me so hard on doing it, and I just thought, like, there is no... Like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Like, who's going to listen to us? Why should anybody care? <laughs> and then I realized like a couple of, I don't know, episodes into it. I'm like, dude, I'm just getting a chance to meet 
you know, sort yep. of meet and talk to and get to know all these interesting people from all over the world. And who knows where, you know, that relationship could go. Like, you know, Mike's making a music video right now. And I, I think he said that you're, you know, featured in it. I wrote a verse for it. For yeah. Yeah. For Mike, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like just little stuff you like wrote that. A you very know? good verse for it. Yeah. I listened to it. It's great. Good, it's yeah. great. I kind of want to actually preview it right now. I know we've all heard it. Yeah, yeah, preview. Like it. Just play just play some of the audio. Don't play the video yet. The video's coming out, but play play the I, verse. Don't do it like do, pull up just get it ready and play the verse. No, no, no. I, I don't want to do that without express permission of uh Well, yeah, wanna... sure. Yeah, I don't mean to like say do it without his permission, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, you can play it. I just want to emphasize it's like a recording on my phone. It's not anything. Then I will not play. It. No, 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 no. Okay. I won't play. It. I'll, I'll I'll keep it. I'll keep it for later. Um no, I don't like my verse on that either. But um oh you I got a verse too? Oh yeah. yeah. He's Bro, I, I want a verse. I, come in I want right a verse. After him. You want a verse as well? Dude, I I don't know how long what what the the time window is for me to get it in, but dude, I'll do a what do they call it when you just like write a verse and send it in, you know? You know what, Dan, if you write a verse you can have a fucking verse on that. Hell yeah, dude. Song. Hell yeah. If not, we'll just do like the, you know, like Limp Bizkit, uh Roland, where they had like the, the Air Raid Assault vehicle remix. Like we can make a remix and throw me on there. You know what I do need is that uh, Katie, the one who says, fuck that currency. Uh, I need her to punch a little bit more and I don't know how to make it. That's been happen. stuck in my head. I don't, think, I, don't, currency. I don't think you need, I don't think you need to punch it anymore, dude. I think it's good it's natural okay, okay. yeah okay um, um yeah man so what uh, what or who who were like some of your inspirations or are your inspirations for uh the music uh, you know, just doing this at all for doing this at all oh yeah like, yeah, yeah um, there's a lot to un- there's a lot of questions i want to ask i mean you have, you have a lot to unpack in all the things you've talked about so my far. my musical inspirations definitely uh like in high school were eminem and lil wayne and Mm -hmm. then um i would say more recently my musical inspirations are um chance the rapper kendrick lamar drake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are probably the main ones sometimes roddy rich i've been trying to play around a little bit more with like singing um definitely don't like like roddy rich for his lyrics really but more of his like flows and cadences are pretty insane um very catchy yeah when, when you rap do you do you feel like you're trying to rap like a rapper or do you feel like you're just trying to use your own voice that's a good oh, question oh like when i'm like vocal inflections yeah yeah are, are you trying to like or construction construction of verse even it comes down to that um, because construction of because you can segment like the way that you segment your 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 verse is definitely different from the way that i segment my verse you have a certain flow i have a certain flow it's just like a yeah it's like the voice Um, of the person yeah so i would say like when it comes to constructing the verse um i definitely like try to freestyle over to get like a a really catchy or like a a uh, cadence that i like with the syllables and then i'll write in the words and sometimes revise them a couple times if i don't really like the words or if the if the lyrics are not as strong as they could be and then um that kind of like constructs the verse but then like your vocal inflection like i'm not trying to be anyone in particular 
when I write music or when I, you know, record it. But I will say that like purposely changing your voice is not something that you should um, be afraid of at all. Like mm-hmm. you should lean into, I think that leaning into it, um, even if you listen to like, if you listen to Tom Petty's like greatest hits album, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, mm-hmm. like he changes, he, he sounds like a different person, dude. On like four, he has four different tracks, probably five different tracks where you wouldn't even know it's the same guy. And so don't be afraid to like, you know, play with the tones of your voice for, for certain. I think that that only helps like give you more diversity yeah i think that uh one of my favorite bands uh even though it's not really my favorite type of music to just like listen to but to like go see live is ween and i tell you dude like if you listen to ween and if you know who that is just look them up later but like they have they have they have like a country album they have a like a rock album they they, they sound like yeah you listen to two different albums and you're like this is not the same band and it's like they released within two years and they're just like r- tons of range. And I think you can like bring that down to like just a, uh, the voice, this, the style. And I think that that's, if you have that ability to be, uh, viable, commercially viable or whatever, just talented to, to switch it up like that. That's pretty impressive. But I was going to, one of the things I was going to say, when I asked you about your influences growing up in Michigan, right? Like, of course, Eminem is going to be one of them. And I think that, you know, this isn't saying anything new, but like Eminem changed the game for white guys who wanted to rap. But even after Eminem, that got is big, true. That is it, true. Like white rappers sounded so shitty because mm-hmm. they were all trying to sound like gangster rappers, and mm-hmm. like it just sounded corny coming out of a white guy's voice. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Auto Tune kind of helped it because it kind of made people think differently about how they could sound in their music. But then, you know, Auto Tune kind of got old. But snap, like after that point, you know, you have like uh, Mac, you know, Mac Miller, even Little Dicky, and like some other dudes who yeah. they sounded different, and it like that really changed everything for white guys. It just didn't sound so weird and corny when they were trying to rap, and now it's like you know, there's there's talented ones, G Easy, you know, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, there's more and more coming up every day. Young Gravy. Yeah, what yeah. do you think about? Um, like some of the newer, when I said like SoundCloud rappers, guys like Lil Peep and Triple X, they they're not around anymore. But yeah, uh, like they were, Rip they kind of had that rock, that rock influence. A lot of young, I real like young Lil rappers Peep. have the rock influence. Yeah, um, I personally don't. So I, I'm a big believer like music can affect moods, mm-hmm. and I like well, they have definitely gone through like depression phases in my life and. During those times, I love Lil Peep, but I can't mm-hmm, put on mm-hmm. Lil Peep like For I try sure. not to listen to him much like even now, just because like that will just put me in a in a mood that I don't want to be in. You know, it's sad boy music, and that's fine. Like I I like Juice World and I like Lil Peep, and you know, definitely some other people too that uh, the music isn't like the most positive to listen to, but it, sure. uh, it's good music. And Lil Peep was fucking changing the game for real. He really was, dude. Him going, him dying so young, is it kind of sucked? Because I, I kind of got out of being a hip hop fan for a couple of years, and then I, I like switch. I did like what you said earlier about changing your mood. I literally started switching up my music and my Spotify playlist because I was like in a depressive mood, and I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I can, I can affect what goes into my brain, right? Like, so I just started 
switching it up, listening to more positive stuff. Some of it was just like, you know, corny pop music, but it was like, it worked. It literally worked. And, but then I, you know, kind of got past that and found Lil Peep. And I was like, started listening. I'm like, dude, this guy, he's young and he's kind of ridiculous, but I really like his flow. Like I really like his sound. And then unfortunately he passed like two months later. So if I find a rapper, it's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. He was unique too. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. just a, yeah, man, he was very unique. That's something that is tough to be these days. It's just to be that young and to have that much, you know, I hate to say this, but like there is some sort of like wisdom or like age old, like in like a younger depressed person, that kind of stuff that they sing about, the kind of stuff that they rap about or just talk about. It's like, I can't believe that's coming out of a 19 year old's uh, yeah. mouth. I mean, most of the like stuff, stuff is like universally relatable, right? Like if you listen to it on the surface, or you read the lyrics, it's, it kind of just sounds like partying and stuff like that. But if you listen to it and get into it, you can tell like, that's just kind of the, there's more to it than what he's actually saying. Right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I wouldn't take you <laughs> as a little peep fan by looking at you. That's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm 35, but you know, I, I like little peep. I watched his documentary on Netflix. I liked XXX. He wasn't a great person, but I liked his stuff too. Yeah, it's some bangers for sure. He was unique with that distortion sound. Nobody, everybody yeah. was like, "What the fuck?" At first, nobody mm-hmm. even knew what to think. But then it's like, "Oh, this is fire!" Actually, he yeah. was really dark too. Yeah, yeah. How inspirational was um, the movie Eight Mile to you? I don't want to say like it's super inspirational. It's definitely like a goaded movie. Like I've definitely. Yeah you know, at one point in time, knew all the lyrics to all the battles at the end of it and stuff. Like, I really like that movie. Um, I got my, my Detroit tattoo right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's very inspirational for you, dude, huh? The movie, a little bit, just uh, just like, de- you know, putting Detroit on the map and like, that's, you know, that was the city it's right by. Yeah, right. Too. right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little inspirational. I'll give it that. It's fucking fun. I mean, you definitely get goosebumps, right? When he like starts to find his, his, well, his the, rhythm. The reason why I ask is you, you, your proximity to that, to, to eight miles is pretty close, right? You're a white dude. Yeah. You're in Michigan. You're a, a rapper. You're, you know, or did it, did you become a rapper after that movie? Do you think? Or no. after or before? I was like, okay. So what got me onto Eminem, honestly, was my, uh, my mom bought my dad an Eminem CD for Christmas one year when I was like maybe second grade. And um, we would listen to like one or two songs on the way to school. There was only like those two songs that were like clean enough, you know, that we could listen yes. to. And uh, yeah, like started memorizing lyrics like from that age. And that never like second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For real. And that never like left me like learning it. And any songs we used to listen to back then. My dad played in like a couple bands. He's a bass guitar player. And okay. uh yeah, just getting listening to a lot of music in the car, man. Yeah, listen uh I've talked about it on here before, but I, I worked at a McDonald's when I was in high school. And we I mean, there was like I can remember vividly like these summer days when I'm like working a day shift because I wasn't in school and like everybody I worked with was on parole from this like huge prison that was like right down the street. So it was like, I'm just like this sheltered nerdy dude 
working with all these like convicted felons and we're just blasting like the slim shady lp like on the cd player like on repeat over and over like i i he we're just took over it. the early 2000s everybody yeah. was on that shit dirty dozen got big detroit started getting big big sean came yeah. out of it who's big now in detroit i mean i, I really like royce the five nine as well in like slaughterhouse but uh who's who's the big detroit rapper now is it t grizzly well, he is, I don't know if he's put out anything super recent. I think that's true. I don't know if I can't, I don't remember if BDF to Pac Man's from uh Detroit or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, um, there's a there's a white dude, Baby Tron, who's like blowing up hey. out of Detroit. Um, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not like super sure. I don't pay like a ton of attention to you know, yeah, right. But, that type of shit the locals yeah the, not, yeah the local scene's not as important anymore. a little bit better but uh did you ever get into uh icp were you ever like did you go through a juggalo phase or nah. anything all right i good, had some good. friends that were though i had some friends that definitely oh, were oh yeah but I no that was never me well that's good looking that's, back now that's yeah, cringe that is a good thing that that shit is kind of cringe low-key that was a um, that was a wild. I don't know if they're still doing that. I'm sure they are. Uh, they're so big but, now. I mean, like, to like not big is like super popular, but everybody knows who they are. You know, they were on. Oh yeah, they're in movies. And they were beefing and, with yeah. Eminem for a little bit. Oh, that's right. That's right. You yeah. said that the that the year that you started releasing music, it was the same year that you got into Bitcoin. Isn't that right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess my first use of Bitcoin ever was 2016. But right, talk, um, talk about that. Like, how did you how did you find it and use it? And... Oh, dude, I had a I had a. It was all a, my friend was really the mastermind behind it. But he, uh, we just wanted to purchase some stuff on the internet, and we needed to use Bitcoin for it. And um, yeah, just he was explaining it to me a little bit, and I didn't see it like as an investment or even like fully understand like. The limited supply factor or anything like that like we just understood it as like you know digital money that you could use through the internet it and, worked uh, and just it worked. worked yeah um dude i can't even remember the name of the paxful was the name of the exchange that we oh yeah it off of. mm -hmm. but yeah nice. we used paxful back then and then uh yeah i didn't understand like public key private key like that type of stuff i didn't understand any of that back then i didn't learn that stuff until probably like the end of 2017 or middle of 2017 maybe like you know because my first buys in 2017 were on coinbase and so like i did wasn't i just bought it for an investment you know i didn't understand like the freedom technology behind it or any of the values really until much later in the year what was that process like where you went from all right you got exposed to it in 2016 you used it bought it so you you know you knew about it at that point you knew how to use it where to buy it and then then you decided to buy it as an investment. Like how did that, from that point on, how did you start to like realize what it was, you know, much more than just a digital money, right? Like it's like much more to it. Yeah. Um, I gained the knowledge through a podcast on Twitter that made me start a Twitter account. I didn't have Twitter previously. Um, you know, I went totally like I, I was exploring all the crypto assets. Um, 
you know, everything and just trying to soak up as much like knowledge as I could, you know, you start out thinking that you learn a little bit and think, you know, a lot, and then you learn a little bit more and realize like, you don't know anything that type of vibe. Um, and that was just a continual process and it's, yeah, it still is a learning process, but for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question, dude. No, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, the J a couple times, I'm trying to but, get up there with you guys. <laughs> so when you're, as you're starting to record music around this time that you're getting into this stuff, um, it, does the music sort of reflect uh, economics in any way, or yeah, what was one of your dude, previous? It was, um, it was very, it was, um, yeah, those albums were wild um i was living like a, a life that was pretty i don't want to say like super short time preference but like a lot of it was like you know short time preference shit um and so i don't know if bitcoin like inspired the change i think that and meeting my wife also like kind of inspired it but like just starting to look at the life like more longer term and um you know, looking at the long game of each activity that I was doing and realizing that I needed to stop do stop doing some of them. Are you um, talking about when you say like short time preference stuff, you just like talking about partying and like just going hard or oh uh, no, like who I was hanging around with. Um like I was like selling some drugs at one point. Uh nothing like crazy, but like just not good activities to be doing. Places I was going, um not good as well putting so, yourself in situations that could have ended up in like you know tragedy oh, sure. jail stuff like that yeah yeah like like and it's like okay so the, you make some money right but then like if you get caught even like one or two times in the next like how long are you going to do it five years ten years like if you start looking at the chances of being caught like over 10 years it's pretty high the chance right. of getting caught one time is low but it does like it does happen and it's not just with drugs, like it could be with anything. Like if you're going to go to a house party in the hood, like you could get shot. You never know. It could right, right. maybe someone's nobody has beef with you, but it could just be like some somebody pulls out a gun because they get in a fight. And then now, you know, you're in a situation just yeah, making what, better decisions long term. Yeah. Like what just happened to take off from Migos? He, there was beef at a bowling alley exactly, or a club bro. or something. Exactly. And he caught a stray exactly and yeah like wait what, what is this thing starting uh, migos it's one of the biggest uh groups hip-hop groups uh okay. one of them in the past died. you know five years yeah one of them there was just like a you know they were in public i think they were rolling dice and like somebody disrespected somebody and it started like a big you know everybody's pushing fighting and somebody pulled mm -hmm. out a gun started shooting and they they weren't shooting at takeoff i think they were uh yeah it was a stray yeah he just got hit in the in the chaos i think it was like somebody pissed like beefing with his boy um quavo i think quavo got him at least i've heard that quavo feels like shit kind of feels responsible so i don't know all the details but yeah 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 but it's like you know you're just you're just a famous dude having a good time and hanging with the wrong people and boom gun goes off you're dead and there is like there is some excitement in that like it it's people oh, yeah. do it i feel like because it's fucking exciting bro like if you go do some crazy shit like that's not legal and nothing bad happens to you like and everything goes fun like yeah. oh my gosh that shit is exciting 
there's no mountains to climb in Grand Rapids, so, man. There's fucking got to find adrenaline in a different way. Yeah, that's right. I remember watching one of your earlier videos and seeing, um, and seeing this sort of like fanning out currency. Interesting. And you also yeah, had that a, would be the I think I remember. I think I remember you. Had, it was a 2017 song. Uh, no, actually, that one was wrote in 2019. I think if oh. you're talking about the song name is four twenty three nineteen. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Keep going. What sorry. It, but yeah. the but I sort of look at that and I can't contrast it with uh, you know, the Bitcoin song, visually anyway, and how how the how the beat goes, what the, the sort of energy the there's a difference of energy between the two songs, right? When, would yeah. you agree? Oh, hundred percent. So I'm just interested in sort of the, how that transition transpired or like what that looked like, what that looked like personally in your personal life. Bro, what it's, are... been a, it's, it's been a long grind, bro. And it's like still, it's still in progress, to be honest with you. And yeah, bro, it, it, uh, yeah, it's, what... it's a good thing, I think. And it makes it, tough to uh like it it's not impossible for me to write like i previously wrote but it doesn't feel as real as it did then you know what i'm saying like if i write about a fucking bunch of money and guns and shit that does not feel uh legitimate or true like to my life anymore you know mm. so like what feels true to my life now is writing about other stuff um and so that's like why you're getting a lot more bitcoin songs now you're getting like I don't want to say like anti-government, but you're getting like big freedom vibes. Like that's kind of what I want to, and good decisions too. And there wasn't, it's not like my old music was all bad decisions because there is definitely like a bunch of great advice in that music, but. Uh, you learn a lot. You learn a lot through those life experiences. Like even if they're not great life experiences, even if they're not great for your mental uh, situation, if they're not great for your any of that right like it's like that is the struggle your struggle it's a struggle like that's why so many artists i in my opinion they start like you said like it feels totally different from what you did when you started right so like they get famous off of writing about these things then their lives completely change and then that struggle that they were that made them inspire them to make that art is no longer there and some some of them find a way to continue that mental and you know, life struggle and they can still make good music, but some people just, you know, life gets too good and it, you know, their music starts to eat. Sometimes it evolves for the better. Sometimes they just fall off. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like famous yet, so I don't think either way is going to like affect my popularity, but I think it'll add to my diversity. I know what you're saying though. Um, yeah. You didn't talks about that too. He yeah. talks about, like intentionally putting himself in shitty situations so that he can get better music out of like heartbreak or out of like, you know, some dumb shit. Right. I mean, you, 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 your music didn't change because you got like super famous, but you did find apparently something that like really focused you in your life. Uh, Bitcoin kind of gave you, like, I feel like it gave me, you know, just learning about it and, and it, what it made me understand more broadly about life. It kind of helped me find a, a, a path 
of like, all right, I can, you know, I found the signal and I can follow this path mm, mm. and I may stray, you know, I may, well, so. do, I may do shit that is not what I know I so. should be doing, but I always know where the path is and I can always get back to it. So you found some, you know, you had some, some similar revelation. It sounds like with Bitcoin, yeah, right? So it, it, yeah. So it just changed, it changed your mental <laughs> models. Uh, can I can I say this that since I got into Bitcoin, the raps I've I, I used to be a rapper before Bitcoin, and the raps that I rapped about I didn't live any of that life, but I tr I tried rapping about you know guns and money and shit. I didn't live any of that life, and when I start to when I got into Bitcoin and now my raps come out they're much more honest. That's what I would say. Yeah, and it feel I people feel that authenticity too and even if they you know maybe not always but like i don't know i think it's makes for better music if it's if it's more authentic right like if russ was rapping about gang life and stuff like he's he's comes from a pretty good background he's got a lot of money like he's got a really intelligent parents uh so he doesn't he doesn't try to rap about that stuff he raps about there's no need to either right right he raps about living the a good life like tons of chicks like that's what he's got yeah yeah i tr yeah it's tough dude because like you want to make music that yeah is like fun and fun music but you also want to like encourage good decision making too because mm -hmm. people will listen to you can this is part of the issue with a lot of people as well like they idolize like the wrong people like if you try to idolize not even what a rapper's really like. Like if you take, I don't know. If you take like freaking Lil Wayne for example, like you're not you might not idolize like what he's really like, but you might idolize what he's saying in the songs. Sure. And so like, then you might be more inclined to make decisions like that, and then you're more inclined to go to prison or die, right? Or get some, you know, just somebody that you don't love pregnant you know <laughs> yeah, like right. that type of shit and or overdose on I don't something know. yeah and some of that shit's evil like and songs think, are talking yeah. about future's not really fucking getting high like he's you know what i'm saying like he's, he's not, not on the perks he doesn't wake up and take five pills you know that's <laughs> i hope not anyway you know i think that in order to be successful like that you got to be focused and i think there's some element of you know how like people watch a movie and they root for the villain it's like even though the villain's like the main character and they make him really interesting and really exciting, but you're missing the point, right? Like uh, the guy from uh, American psycho, Patrick Bateman's not the good guy. If like you should, you got to like him ironically and people do the same thing with music. Like if you listen to future, or all these guys, the, the message is, it seems like it's glorifying drugs and life. And it is to an extent, hundred percent it, it is, but it's also their talk. Like most of the time when they're talking about, or sometimes they're talking about like a low point in their life or like, you know, life's fucked. I got to get out of the projects or I got to do this. I'm selling, you know, they don't, yeah. people don't necessarily listen to it and realize like, no, he's talking about his struggle and overcoming that. Like what you think he's, you know, maybe glorifying here. If you put it in context, he's trying to escape that like per future quit taking perks. People get off the, the scissor or they try the lean. They try. Yeah. But you know, yeah, that's a fair point. That's definitely. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't glorify it because they definitely do. But 
if you, uh, yeah. If you, yeah. If you try to piece it together and read outside the lines a little bit, usually you can tell that it's a, you know, it's a dramatic story to tell you what they're escaping from. Yeah. Yeah. And there's people, yeah. People do that better than others. Like Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's like necessarily endorsing any of the shit that he's talking about. I sure. think there's always a deeper message there. And the music that I have listened to him, cause I haven't listened to all of it, but like, yeah, has been like that for sure. But it's cool that you're, um, like you're rapping about more positive things, uh, more, you know, broad topics, because that's yeah. the other thing that the music game has changed a lot in the past decade is that you don't have to rap about, uh, gang shit anymore. Like you can rap, no. you know, that, like, like, like uh, J Cole, right? Like college rap, like you got popular yeah. with like college kids. So he was kind of at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not to say that I won't ever make a song about, money and women and you know doing drugs again but it's just like i don't need to it doesn't have to be all my music and it it you know it's really just more it's more party vibe now it's not like for sure it's not like i'm trying to get into anything with anybody or there's no need to be a certain way how has um how has the bear market the down price all the fraud like how has that affected a just your mood because like you know as a bitcoiner right like we're all kind of in a bear market together in a crypto depression you know crypto but how has that affected you and more you know your music even i would say 2017 it affected me like the bear market of 2018 and 19 affected me way more um than this one but that was like a big period of growth like 2017 2018 2019 like for you 2017 to 2020 is yeah like a new person type shit nice so um yeah this one is you know i'm still growing i'm in a different phase of life but it's uh the you know much easier to handle i think a part of it too is like i was actively trading in 2018 and 19 and like now i'm not really actively trade actively trading and um yeah just easier like from a price i'm way more like understand bitcoin at a foundational level too and so like with more education like the belief becomes stronger and you know i go to meetups i go to a meetup regularly in grand rapids like i go to meetups all over the place like i've met other people and talked to other people about it like yeah i don't know my belief in bitcoin is really strong i'm like a all-in bitcoin type guy you know so it the, the price going down isn't really going to shake me uh personally yeah the mood and stuff i mean it's you're definitely more fucking hype when it's the bull dude because everybody's yeah. <laughs> talking about it and you're like you feel like a genius going you're gonna fucking have so much money and like yeah yeah you're like count, you're like taking your stack and you're like all right if it goes up to two hundred fifty thousand, oh, i got that much money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 everybody's talking about like oh i'm thinking about getting 100 acres bro i'm thinking about you know like everybody's talking like that yeah it's uh it's funny but it's just another cycle, man. Like the price, I don't, I'm not planning on like selling any Bitcoin really like till way later. Right. You know, I'm in right. my, so it doesn't I'm matter. working right now. Yeah. Like, and yeah, any money I make, like I can spend if I want to really. 
How, how have those decisions affected your, how have they affected your personal life going that far into Bitcoin? Oh, probably not for the positive, honestly. Really? Um, yeah, because nobody gets it really. And <laughs> just like when you're married too, it's, it can be tough. Like if they're not, I mean, my wife is fully on board and she believes like super strongly because I believe strongly, but um, it still it's is tough. Yeah, like because you have X amount of security, like to a woman, it's like security, right? So you right. have X amount of like security That's at 60,000 and now it's 15,000. It's like, damn, we were thinking maybe we'd go travel here, do this. And now it's like, we're thinking we're going to go to fucking work. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but <laughs> it's great going. times to stack. And I can't stress that enough. Like you got a dollar cost average through the bear market. And that, if you're not doing it now, you should start now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least for you, like going to work can mean going to Mexico, going to Guadalajara or something. Oh, Kinda. yeah. I wish I made like made like more money off music. I mean, maybe we'll get to that point, but it's really <clears throat> like it's more of a thing where I just get free shit from. It's it's not like I get paid really. It's an investment, but yeah, and it's great. Like, dude, I want to go to these conferences anyway. Like, uh. You know, they had me. I did a song in Miami. I did a song in Nashville. Uh, you performed? I, I did this. I, yeah, I did a set at Pacific Bitcoin for 20 minutes, which went great. I did a set for it was a Liberty Festival, Students for Liberty Festival in Nashville. Nice. I did a 15 minute set. Like that shit's, I would have never been able to, I couldn't imagine them doing shit like that, you know? I'm not really That's getting paid, but free. Yo, at the, next, and, at the next Pacific Bitcoin, you, me and tip have to perform fuck that currency i'm ready bro i'm ready for it yeah that'd be hilarious oh, i'm God. ready for it what yeah, that is... was that was my my favorite conference of the year and i it... went to a few of them that's honestly that was that, my that that's was what a lot of people of that's what a lot of people are saying man but pacific bitcoin fucking nailed it at the, you know terrible environment and times to have a big inaugural fest or a conference and it just went off without a hitch it went off boom and it was their first one you could kind yeah. of you could you could i could tell anyway that it was their first one but uh <laughs> yeah it was freaking once you got there like it was it was the my favorite it was my favorite conference this year and i went to riga for the honey you, badger you played you played oh, basketball there right I did. That's part of why it was my favorite is because the professor was there, dude. And I got to play. I got to play. They found me an open spot on the Swan three on three basketball team. And so I got to play in the three on three tournament. And then uh, I got to play the professor and I beat him the first game. So we got to play again and I beat him on the second game. So like everybody was it was that was fucking crazy. And then me and Corey, you beat the professor twice. I did. I did beat the professor twice. Dude, and then me and Corey, uh, the, like the CEO of Swan, played. We did a three-on-three point contest, and he he beat me. He dude, won. But he won. He won by. It was tied until the last bucket, dude. And he backed up and smacked it. Yeah, he won. Does that mean that Corey fun, beats like, the professor by I don't by know that sort that. of lineage? Maybe I was shooting. Maybe I was shooting. <laughs> Wild. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was a great. Yeah, it was a great time. That was a super fun. The integration of basketball and just everything that they were doing there, how accessible everybody was. 
Michael so Taylor was just walking around. You're an athlete for sure. You you play a lot. I do. Yeah, I like to do a lot of shit. Um, like I like to water ski and uh, snowboard and fucking play a lot of basketball. I can play. I play a lot of a lot of shit. Pickleball, spike ball. Nice. What? what uh, you mentioned uh, honey badger and Riga. I'm I'm planning to go to that this year. I I, I was wondering okay. how that. Uh, what's your take on it that? Was, Sounds pretty it good. Was fun. That was my first time in Europe, so it was uh, really interesting from that perspective. Hell it yeah. was a good conference. It wasn't anything close to, like, honestly, like, the conferences here were better. Um, More but, fun? Well, I can't say that, bro, because okay. we – there was a good nightlife scene that we had. Miami was yeah, fun at I, night. Miami's fun at night. Yeah, Riga was a good conference, especially nice. if you – but if I didn't know anybody and I went mm-hmm. to the Riga conference, sure, like that, that'd be way different because I met a bunch of people that knew me already on Twitter and um, that I'd met at other conferences. And that's what really made <clears throat> like Riga was the community of people there. Um, okay, but, on that thought, yeah, like uh, a lot of people, at least I see it on Twitter especially, right? They, I, it, it almost seems like they're kind of bitter that they can't afford or they just don't want to go spend a lot of money on a ticket to go to like one of these bigger conferences and it feels like a waste but when you go there and you meet these people you make friends like people you see on twitter like so like some of the quote-unquote celebrities like the podcasters like they're very accessible and you like meet all these great people dude go into the conferences fuck all the uh uh, speakers and all that stuff like just meeting people and like hanging out like it is worth every penny yeah, I uh, 100% agree with that message. Um, I got my job at Swan on, by going to, you know. Yeah, bro. If you spend a lot of time on Twitter or you want to work in the space or you just want to, like, make more Bitcoin friends, like, going to a conference with the right attitude will put you in great, great places. 100%. Everybody has been accessible, I will say. Miami is, like, the place where they're the least accessible. Sure. But every BitBlock boom pacific mm. bitcoin riga mm-hmm. like they've all been Bitcoin yeah, you... boom is crazy because the hotel is where the conference is so everybody's yeah. staying at that hotel for the most yeah. part you know the, and the elevators are really really slow and you're just sitting there waiting for the elevator <laughs> for like 25 it's minutes. like every year that happens it's crazy are they less accessible because of the scale of oh the yeah, yeah it's it's just a huge giant yeah, uh, like, conference celebrities even if you status. even if you have like a it's basically sundance of bitcoin I guess I think it's bigger or it feels bigger, you know, really? Okay. Yeah. There's like, you know, the general public and the VIP is separated. And then like this, there's a, there's like lower tier speakers that are in there, but then there's like upper tier speakers and you just don't even like see them. They're in a whole different. Yeah. Like they'd get mobbed. Like, I mean, dude, if you got, Mm -hmm. if Dave, if Dave Portnoy's there, like it's a big event, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you gotta make they're all unique in their own way. All those conferences are unique in their own way. You you gotta make it to uh in November every year. They do the the one in El Salvador adopting. Dude, that one's cool. That's on the list. That's on the list. You gotta make and it's cheap. The tickets are cheap. You gotta go to that one for sure. Okay. It's great to get out of Michigan. November is cloudy, it's getting cold. You go down, it's like 80 degrees. Go to San Salvador, you need to hop a bus the last day, you go down to Bitcoin Beach stay there for like on the cheap take surfing lessons just drink a beer on the beach it's awesome it's a great time yeah 
I just How was realized the surfing it. there? Did you surf? Yeah, oh, I tried. It's it's surfing is much harder than I gave it credit for. Uh, it's really just the picking up the actual uh, skill or the whatever the movements that you have to do is not that bad. It's not easy, but it's just being in the ocean, like just getting hit by the waves and just not being used to uh, dealing with that. The energy just blasting you that you can't fight against it. You got to learn how to like go with the flow. And if you touch the bottom, it's like a sea urchin down there or something. Like it's not too bad in El Salvador, but like some places okay. you can you can maybe, like maybe have the corals why, and or a shark. Yeah, that's why surfers are so loose, you know. In right. Their speech, speech, and demeanor. Right. A lot of crashing of the waves on them. <laughs> they, there's no sense in being stressed, man. You just got to go with the flow. Yo, that's an interesting thought, like sort of thread right there. If like. These totally waves true. crashing and you're just breaking your spirit down until you're like this Zen creature. You know what I mean? No, until you learn to go with it. You know, you come through. Yeah, exactly. With it. Exactly. Yeah, you're, go with it. you're, you know, I, this isn't like how it really works, but you know, I had a surfer tell me, he's like, bro, your body's 70, 80% water. That means only 20% of you has to swim. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, bro, that's, that's, I, I don't, literally not true, but it's, there's some truth to that well there is i mean it's true i mean there is a yeah. kind of truth yeah there's yeah. truth there yeah there's truth there there's a lot of things like what you literally say and what what it really means just like rap it's not the same you know it's not there's some deep shit out there yeah metaphors man metaphors um, so uh yeah. no go, go ahead. ahead no i was, I was gonna, gonna say before we get to before we get too off topic <laughs> going back to being married what uh what advice do you give to like the new plebs who kind of came in this last cycle who've got wives who are you know like you said Ooh, they're committed they're committed some of them aren't but some of them are but only because their spouse is is committed like they don't really understand it that they see that price crash and they're they're stressing what's your advice to dealing with that and to get through these down times I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe bring them to a local meetup if you could. Um, also, just if they're interested at all, like really go, you know, do your best that you can with education. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much, <laughs> there's not much else you got to hold on, like come up with a plan, talk about it with them, come up with a plan. And then like, uh, you know, just check back in on the plan every now and then. Communicate, communication. That's always the communication. right answer, yeah. right? Yeah. How long how long have you been married? A year and a half. So I don't have a ton oh, nice. of advice. How long have you known each other? Oh. We met in 2018. Okay. Like in January, I think, of 2018. So five, a few five years. years now. Yeah. Five years. Okay. So you guys you guys have been through the ups and downs already. Like you you've hit some of those yeah. turbulence. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah, it's yeah. not honeymoon phase anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how long have you been married, Mike? Um, it's quite a personal question there. Uh, yeah. No, um, how long has it been? I think, see, I always have a problem with this because our marriage certificate says the wrong year on it. Mm. So I think it was 2019. I want to say okay. 2019. So you're going Put on three years. years in. Are you married, Dan? I'm, I'm not. No, no, I'm okay. not. I've started to 
want to move in that direction, but I'd been absolutely very little interest in it for years. I don't know if it's, I haven't met the right person or just I'm too selfish, but it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, that's okay though. Yeah. yeah. What, what did, what do you think the decision was to get married? Mine? Yeah. Just new. I mean, yeah, you without you don't have to get I too personal, or you don't even have to answer the question if you don't want to answer the question. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I would just say like you you do know, and you know, you come, yeah, you come to terms the fact that like I don't know. I feel like you're not you're not always gonna be ready. There's some stuff you're just never gonna be ready for. Like you're never totally. gonna be like a hundred percent ready to get married. I don't think, especially as a man. Right. And you're never going to be like 100% ready to have a fucking kid, you know, but like, there's some things you got to dive all in like head, like sometimes, if you know, or like, if you at least are like, really sure that you know, you know, and like I said, you know, sometimes it might feel like you're not ready. But like, if you dive in head first, then it's like, it's, it's nice. No, you know? you're, yeah, you're never ready for that promotion you, you can always find a million or that yeah, you know, relationship a thousand whatever fucking reasons to not do something some things you yeah. got to just dive in a hundred percent into things are just not going to happen for you like you have i mean sometimes they do but generally speaking you got to make things happen you got to make things work yeah. and once you kind of come to that conclusion that's like i'm making a decision every day and it's going to work or it's not going to work based on my decision but i control it right you just got to yeah. do it I'll say that, like, before we were married, too, like, we went through, you know, some shit that, like, really strengthened our trust and just our communication skills, like, over time, you know, not just, like, any one thing, but, like, just being together for a couple years before you get married is nice, you know, to really work things out, figure out, like, you know, roles of the relationship, that type of stuff. So you, did you get engaged before COVID and then get married during COVID? Or was it like all during like, you know, post oh, dude, I think I was married during COVID, but I don't remember exactly sure. the COVID shit when we got engaged, like what that was looking like. I just feel like that experience kind of affected a lot of people's relationships as well. Definitely. Yeah. But I didn't, didn't know, like, yeah, you know, it didn't, didn't really know. affect mine. I mean, I was, okay. I, you know, I treated COVID like it wasn't real. um smart michigan Michigan it is real rough though like it's yeah i mean it's it's real but like no i get what you're saying i mean rough like michigan was rough in terms of like the government real yeah right oh those yeah bro like people in but the thing is though is i'm like uh i took like a personality test right and i'm not like very polite (laughs) and some things yeah they're like if it doesn't fucking make sense to me bro i have a hard time listening to authority and especially when the authority is like some lady at the store so i you know they had a mask i wasn't really wearing a mask bro you know You're, that you just that wasn't bi- my style you got that bitcoin gene like give me the fuck you money give me the non-government yeah, money it's really big on freedom man like the if you start looking at bitcoin for like what it can do for the world and like and how much freedom it can bring to like the entire world not just yourself but just it's going to fix a lot of shit, dude. And it's going to make some shit worse. And there's going to be some people who have it worse after Bitcoin, but the majority of people are going to have it 
much better on a Bitcoin standard. The people start who... learning about Bitcoin, going down that fucking rabbit hole, dude, and learning all the looking into like the freedom tech that comes to this. However much over half the world that's under a dictatorship or authoritarian government, right. you know, the people who it's not Bitcoin's their life's going to be worse after deserve it. It's dictators, bank, you know, contillionaires, people who are just you know, generally speaking, be people they're going like to lose that. a lot of influence and power. But but then there's going to be also just like really dumb people that maybe had their life savings in dollars and right. you know now it's in bitcoin and i don't know if they were savers to begin with though they'll be able to stack up bitcoin quick like yeah it is what it is someone someone probably told them you are kind of right you do get in at like the the price you deserve somebody exactly. said that yeah right it's time. a comment yeah exactly <laughs> more i live right down the street from warren buffett he's if he gets into it he's going to pay big money for it but we'll see i don't think he's going to yeah. make it Nah, to hyper bitcoinization yeah what with without sounding like a, such a stupid question why is freedom so important to you i've just always been a person that it's tough to like tell me what to do and you got to go your own way know. like a pioneer yeah. like a or, trailblazer it's better now than it used to be but i used to be like I'm, no it's not better now honestly i'm very uh anti like authority and especially government and when you start learning about how much the government fucks you like it's terrible and so that makes me like hate or not want to say hate but dislike almost everybody in government are you I don't like anybody are you like you leave me the fuck alone you know are you Sorry. like poli- are you like political is you like anarchist libertarian or are you just kind of don't tell me what to do i'm doing my own thing yeah just i'm big like if it makes sense from a freedom perspective yeah yeah. i'm all for it you know so it it falls all over the place you know i'm pretty you know i'm very in favor of like gay marriage for example or some like republicans aren't but on one hand like yeah i know bro i'm not anything because there's just that's fair yeah. yeah those parties are crazy they all print money Absolutely. They all are slimy, They're, greasy politicians. They both print bro. money. They're crazy. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they printed as they printed more under Trump than ever before. He's a Republican. Yeah, it's gonna continue. It's gonna have to grow exponentially, like to support itself. It's like a big snowball. Oh, totally. Uh, I have a um yeah. Do you guys fuck with conspiracy theories? I fuck with everything. Of course. Man. I don't necessarily Do you... believe them all, but I fuck with them all. Do you think like, uh, you know, media and when I say media, I also mean like movies and music um, and yeah, like all the algorithms, like, do you think it's all like negative for the most part? Like yeah. the music is bad, like it's and it's on purpose, I feel like negatively think, influencing people on purpose i don't think you can ascribe a negativity or a positivity to it i think it's just what is happening it feels like it's a reflection it's a reflection it's a of society reflection. and so if it is negative like you know it, it's because our society is, is ill so yeah so here's where i kind of our society is ill yeah like not in like a good way our society yeah, is sick, no. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. sickness and illness. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. true. That's a good way of putting it. No, yeah, it's our culture, our movies, our our music. It is, it's it's like politicians, right? Like it is like a, 
they're all, so this is i'll explain it more what causes the, it yeah so <laughs> when you say conspiracy uh the way i usually think of that word meaning like they're kind of the government the hollywood music producers like they're conspiring together to do this on purpose and like some people look at a conspiracy that way i don't think i think it's happening i don't believe it's a conspiracy in that way i think everybody responds to incentives and the music that sells the movies that sell no matter how disgusting they are no matter how like you know outrage uh goes viral outrage gets clicks uh so all of this just negativity is just these creators these uh producers are responding to incentives they're responding to the incentive to make money and those that type of art culture or whatever is what makes money and we get on Twitter every day and we look at our timeline and we're like, the world is fucking going to hell, but what are we doing? Like we're the ones clicking and interacting with all that negativity. Like whether we agree that it's a good thing, we don't generally, we're still interacting with it. So they're putting it out. there, just going to keep putting it out there. Yeah. So well, it's, it's also, it's, how do you survive going forward? You have to have more information. We talk about that kind of thing a lot. Right. The more information you have dictates the, and the more true your information is, I think dictates your survivor survivability in the future, as opposed right. to. Yeah. We, uh, we, ha we have to be tuned in and whether you're a part of that negativity and culture, right? Like if you're just a young person, I think that's why people get so um, passionate, get about, passionate about censoring like music for kids and like young people, like you said, like music affects your mood. So like, you're just this young person coming in, you're in high school. You're not really a part of this giant me megalith of culture yet. Really. You're just kind of entering it. And then you just immediately get exposed to just all this terrible shit and you're not old enough and smart enough to analyze it and say like, Oh, this isn't good. Like, this is bad. You're just like, no, nah, this is what this celebrities what is, talk about yeah. do about saying like this must be what is uh you know this is how i should act if i want to fit into this and i want to fit in i want to be popular yeah. right so it's, yeah mac miller gets high yeah right it's fine it's <laughs> cool to do drugs right exactly yeah what do you think yeah, the connection is between uh drugs and bitcoin is without i don't know if we want to wrap up or not but i oh, there's this question this. It was this question I had burning here, the connection of drugs and Bitcoin. I mean, I think it enables like, you know, the ability to send money anywhere. And right. I don't know exactly how that's going to like work with drugs on the back end, but you just solve the payment side. So if you can get the drugs exchanged, like so I, can, you know? I can make the payment, you know, and I don't know how much of that stuff will be able to be tracked. I mean... And the, the tough part about Bitcoin is once some shit's on the chain, even if your privacy was good enough up until that point, right? Like, and you made the transaction, you did it in a private manner. Uh, in the future, if you fuck up with anything in the future that's related <laughs> to that, like, or if in the future they their chain analysis becomes better, right? right, right. Like you're going to get caught. So I don't know how that's going to work with governments and stuff like that but i know that you can make the payment you know right everything's going to be reactive they're very rarely going to be able to shut you down in the transaction they know that and the other thing is like it's so hard to not get some sort of a, like association to your 
address. I mean, there's some people, man, they, they're, they're mixing their coins. They're not reusing addresses. They're doing everything right. Yeah. And it, like if you, if you, your VPN goes out for a few seconds or you just don't turn it on, or you just access something from your cell phone at some point or an internet browser, like, boom, they can t- attach your IP to yeah. that transaction or to that activity. And boom, they, they can connect you somehow, or your wife's just at work blabbing to the whole community that her husband's huge into Bitcoin, no matter how anonymous he is on Twitter and how many mixers yeah. and privacies he use. Like this, it's so hard. So you can't, and you got to stay perfect privacy forever with the change. Like you can't fuck up with the change either. Right. It's crazy. And I, and I just, I don't. You have to, you basically have to become Satoshi. So yeah. to... I think that yeah. uh, it's fine. Like I, I agree that privacy is a good thing and we should try to be more private, but it, it's just too stressful for me to like, I'm not, uh, sometimes you got to take a risk. Sometimes it's worth it. You get the thrill. You bought some drugs with Bitcoin online you get a little adrenaline rush, right? Like, yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, maybe they find out I bought weed or Coke or something on Silk Road and I get fined or something, but I'm not going to prison for 20 years. And some people do, you know, Ross, Hopefully Silk not, Road founder. Yeah. But maybe I'm a little too do you cavalier. Think, do you think Satoshi is alive or dead? Dead. Uh, I, th- I think the question is, I have a question for you. Do you think Jesus is alive or dead? Oof. I see you. So to expand on your question, Satoshi, A, there's no reason for me to believe anyway that it's just one person, right? Like it was a collaborative effort. Whether or not the guy that wrote the actual code and posted it on the forums, right? The guy that was posted on the forums, whether or not that's one person or not, it was years of effort by other people, ideas, people that are on these, uh, those cypherpunk mailing lists, like though that Satoshi is that collective, uh, group think or whatever this, this collaborative effort and Satoshi. Now, uh, the person I think is probably dead because either that or they destroyed all their private keys. Cause I don't know of any human in history who would be one of the richest people in the world and never touch it. Like that would have to be, a superhuman yeah. person. So, so either he destroyed he's, his private keys or he's dead. But in that sense, yeah, I think he's dead. In a different sense, his way of thinking, who he is as a, you know, what he represents, kind of like Jesus, right? Like he's in all of us in a in a way. Like we think privately. We we want to build this network and to contribute to the community and everything, right? Like it's partly inspired by what satoshi did so it's it's basically jesus sacrifices his body for the people and satoshi sacrifices sacrifices his his identity his time interesting he he destroyed the private keys or he's not accessing him he destroyed Uh, his time time. okay okay his future i suppose he sacrificed a few things he sacrificed his life maybe symbolically his life for sure he, he sacrificed yeah 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 i don't know it's pretty that's it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy dude. Stuff. It is. Do you have any conspiracies about Bitcoin or Satoshi? Like, you think he was NSA, CIA? No, no, no. I think it was. I think it was one guy. Um, I think he was part of a group of maybe like thirty other people that were also like maybe the same caliber as him. Right. Maybe right. not. Maybe not quite the same caliber as him. But um, and you know he had probably maybe three or. Maybe two or one of those other guys that he was close with, and 
it. Maybe he trusted or maybe not, but maybe he interacted with them anonymously. He knew them all, knew how to get a hold right. of them. Definitely use the knowledge from them, but I think the Satoshi is, when you refer to Satoshi, just one person. Um, but I think he's dead. Do you think it was Hal? 100%. Or do you think it was somebody else who's nobody knows about? No, no I think people know about him. Um, but no, not Hal. I mean, how do you bifurcate your human side to your virtual side so pristinely that you that, still can't be dude? Identified? That's just just like religion, man. Like Jesus was perfect, right? Like he never sinned, he never fucked up, he never lost his privacy. He uh, immaculate conception, everything, like everything about this the Satoshi story is more or less had to at least in our minds have been perfect. He had to never, ever fuck. He bought the domain bitcoin.org with cash just so he would never be tied to it. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And, and just the fact that like, you know, most people, if you're narrowing it down to it's, it's just a couple guys. And so a couple of those dudes are not alive anymore. Like how Finney being the second, the like known as a fact, second person, I, I believe. Right. Uh, sent the first used. Satoshi sent the first transaction to hell. Yeah, right. So, uh, it's him, and he's dead, and he was known, and he's dead. Right. So, like, you're now trying to get to the third person, and the story just can't be a hundred percent. It can get close. I think you can. You, there's good leads on a few people, you know, or a few or a group of people too. But right. um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever know for certain. It's and that's wild, immaculate conception, like you said. And every single day that gets that passes, that we get further away from all that that transpired when it was originally started, right? Is the less, uh, less likely, the less likely it is we'll ever actually get definitive proof of anything. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's going to be the next money for the for the entire world. I think that's, that's true. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty high spirited. I like. I like that. Um, that's yeah, yeah. It is high spirited. <laughs> it's inevitable though. Like it, it I'm really fucking high like, spirited. Yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am high spirited. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Oh shit. Um, shall Dude, shall this we? This is my first podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. So yeah, tell. Uh, oh really? really? This is your first it. podcast? Yeah, I really. Oh, enjoyed thank it. you, thank you. It's a thank you for coming on, dude. Hell yeah, yeah that was so cool. Yeah, where, tell, tell us. Yeah, go down. Where, where can people find you? Where can people find your uh, your discography? All that stuff. Uh, I'm Captain Youth. So if you search Spotify for Captain Youth, I should I should come up. Um, L Captain Youth on Twitter, E L, and then Captain Youth. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And if, uh, do you have like an, like an email address or anything that you'd want to share for people who might be in the industry who want to collaborate with you and reach out to you in a different way, or just they, just they find you on Twitter? My DMs are open on Twitter. Um, there you I'm go. captain, captain dot youth on Instagram. My DMs are open on Instagram. Like just follow me and you can, you should be able to DM me. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. Man. Thank uh, you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm going to stop recording. Here we go. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter 
at high hash rate. Or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin. Or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Mm-hmm.